Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance, and today I am so honoured to introduce the internationally celebrated ballerina Viviana Durante, the formal principal dancer with the Royal Ballet, American Ballet Theatre, La Scala and K Ballet. Following an international acclaimed career on stage, Viviana has also established her own company, the Viviana Durante Company, which has presented a groundbreaking program of works featuring not only herself, but a roster of famous dancers from the Royal Ballet, Ballet Black, and Scottish Ballet here in the UK. Hailed as one of the most dramatic dancers of her time, Viviana has continued to forge a career as artistic director, producer, coach, judge, and author. Her latest step sees her sharing her knowledge and experience gained over the last two decades or more with the next generation of ballet stars at the English National Ballet School. Viviana joined the ballet school as dance director last year and has been appointed now as the artistic director. And of course, EMB School is one of the most prestigious schools in the world. Now, dance students around the world have been affected by COVID, along with all the dance companies. Schools are closed, classes online, and the challenges of continuing to train at home, away from their dance friends, their classmates, and importantly, their dance teachers. So let's hear all about the vision for the school, how they're being supported during this pandemic, and how Viviana is shaping dancers for professional careers going forward. Hi Viviana, so lovely to talk to you today. Lovely to be here, thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely, my pleasure. But firstly, congratulations on your appointment as Artistic Director of the English National Ballet School. Thank you. You joined last year as the Dance Director. What inspired you to join the English National Ballet School? It, it's, it's always a wonderful, wonderful pleasure, uh, like coaching, to pass on your knowledge. Um, and as much as that that we can do as professional dancers, having had a career, it's always uh, been a great pleasure of mine. That was my main I, reason for joining in. And within your first year, and um, it's only just been over a year since you took up the role as dance director, you've already instituted quite a number of new innovative programs. Tell us about some of the the things that you've been doing which are quite new and different for the school already to date? Well, the, the, the most recent one is during COVID. We've actually, we've managed to do a lot on film and I, the way I run the school, I like to have the students very much involved in the development on what we do, um, just to stimulate their, their ideas, their, their mind uh, and their artistry. So bringing in film, you know, playing around with film, how to film, dance from home or from a different perspective or just putting a camera and seeing yourself through that has been one of my greatest passions during COVID. Uh, and it's obviously not just mine. A lot of people have been using that and finding the best way to deliver dance through film. So that's one of the things we've been absolutely um, focusing on during the COVID. But I, for me, when it all started, it was mostly, uh, it was, I was really, really into trying to turn this idea of something so terrible happening all over the world, but trying to turn it into something positive as artists that we can, what is the best way? How do we go forward? What can we get out of this? How do we put the negative into a positive? So I was very much talking to my students about that. 
Um, and we, uh, we did, with my amazing staff at English National Ballet School, we really did keep them going and everybody has come through wonderfully, not through obviously the pandemic yet, but you know, we're back at school now and we've actually learned so much from this experience and I just really want them to keep it and move it, you know, take it forward not just trying to put it to one side, whatever we've learned. And um, there's always, it's always a learning process as we, as we um, go along in life and all sorts of things arise unexpected. So I just want them, I want it really to um, embrace that moment and turn into a positive. And I love this, I love how you talk about talking to, with the dancers, um, which is, uh, so wonderful to hear in terms of this conversation that you're having with the students and how have what have they been saying to you about their experience from their side and as you mentioned working more with film how have they responded to this new way so we uh, we missed out on doing our choreography showcase which usually happens in around may um I'd organized uh, this, you know, Q&A, you know, this wonderful you know, sort of performance and then it never happened. So we decided to turn that into something, like I said, positive yet again. So I asked them to, a lot of dancers are able to express themselves in words very easily, but mostly the majority of dancers don't. So I asked the dancers with David Beer, who's the head of our choreography, um, teaching curriculum in a school we asked them to express themselves on their feelings that they were going on inside them or what they wanted to talk about through a piece of choreography uh, so that's how we we reached out to them and and they came out with this most amazing amazing and and i we really did think that there were going to be quite a few of them uh, coming forward with you know expressing themselves uh, in sort of, the, they, they, I asked them to use everything they wanted, you know, words, um, uh, design, any, any, anything that kind of they felt would express their feelings through that time. And they came up with some amazing, amazing things. I was so touched. Um, I was, I learned, like I said, I learned so much from, the, from my students and I was very touched for what they came out with, the work they came out with. And it was very, um, it was just like another step ahead for them. So that's how I want them to have a voice in the school. I want them to, to tell me how they're feeling. You know, I, we, we do a lot of assemblies. Uh, I've started doing assemblies with the class reps so they can gather information. And every two weeks we meet and they, they tell me what, you know, how, how they feel, how the program is going and what they would like to add and what they feel is less working. So I open up conversations with them. Um, I like dancers with voices. I like intelligent dancers. And I think you have to allow the students, you know, young uh, people to do that. You have to give them that space. It's not just saying it, but you have to give them, allow them to do that. And I, I, I create situations that they do that. And it's, it's just brilliant because then it reflects on their dancing. And this might challenge um, some people's outdated version of ballet school where the student goes in and is yelled instructions and they're nice and quiet and do what they're told. So it's lovely to hear that you've got this, you know, what is now a 
hopefully a, a world standard in terms of having a conversation with your students and encouraging them. And you mentioned about what you learned from your students during this time. What were some of those lessons? What were some of those things that you drew from the students? I, I, I'm, I'm learning more and more as I go along in my life to actually listen to people. You don't, you don't just hear, but you listen to them, pay attention to what they're saying and how they're feeling. And also, you know, the experience, but I, it was in me anyway to, to treat students like this, but even more so during COVID, it's about embracing the feelings that they have. And this is how I, I, I went forward with them i just allowed them to speak to me to say you know don't be afraid it's fine we're all safe we can actually talk to each other um and also it, it is good that i i mean obviously i've been through it myself as as a student and and you know obviously as i'm joining a company as a young person and i i i have empathy with with them i i understand how they might be feeling so we can share ideas and i uh, so I, yes, I just got them actually talking to me, <laughs> talking to all of us. <laughs> so simple yet so powerful. Absolutely. And so now that you're the artistic director of the school, which is a slightly different role to just being the dance, not just being, sorry, being the dance director, um, tell me about your vision going forward. What are your goals and ambitions in the role of the artistic director? Um, and how is that slightly different from the dance director role? It's exactly the same. It's exactly the same as I was doing before, to be honest. It was, I was um, very honoured to be asked to become artistic director of the school and I just said yes and I, I'm just doing exactly what I did before. I care about my students and my staff just as I did before. Nothing has changed. My visions for the school I, has always been to broaden up, um, to make amazing, versatile dancers, intelligent dancers, curious dancers. And it will always be that, really, my priority and uh, to look after them as people, um, mostly people, dancers, exactly the same for me. <laughs> and you trained yourself at the Royal Ballet School. Um, as you mentioned, you were a very young dancer when um, you graduated into the company. Tell me about your, how your training experience um, a couple of decades ago um, has influenced your approach to your, your teaching now and how you are running your school. Yes, well, I, I, I didn't have the opportunities the, um, in the sense of versatility of styles that came into the school when I trained. We did classical ballet. We did Morris dancing. I remember doing Morris dancing. I was no good at it whatsoever. And... Um, and I, it was, you know, in those days, I think the dancers and the companies were looking for, it was quite different, you know, there were classical dancers, contemporary dancers. Now we're merging a lot more. So I think it is important to give the students those opportunities within the school to experience that because, you know, for dancers, the experience is something, it is through the mind, but through the body, you know, in the physical sense as well. So, um, it, because I sort of, I felt as if I, I was lacking that and I was lacking, you know, kind of, you know, also talking about um, things that we were doing. Uh, it, was, it was about the doing, um, the less of the talking. <laughs> um, I, I missed out on that. So I went searching for that myself once in 
in a company and I found my way of researching roles that I was doing and talking to theatre directors and going to see a lot of theatre and arts and galleries. And so I, I really, my experience of what I had, I feel that now as the world is, but also it, it, it is different for the, for the students. They, they are more lucky, much, much more. There's, there's more out there that they can play with, they can experience as they go through um, to the next phase, you know, joining a company. And as you mentioned, from when you were training to training dancers now, the demands on a professional dancer is so much greater because there is that requirement to be versatile in classical and contemporary and open to other um, styles of movement and the language, uh, movement language as well from a whole raft of acclaimed choreographers out there who are moving in very different ways, um, which is so exciting. Um, and you talked about you know, how dancers need to be able to respond to that and what, what happens inside the school to enable them to be ready to be versatile to take on those professional jobs? Well, we have, we're, we're a classical um, ballet school. So mainly we do classical ballet, but we do have contemporary that comes in. I invite a lot of guests, you know, teachers that come in, obviously, with different styles uh, of contemporary, uh, different styles or sometimes of, you know, some, some classical, um, from, the, from the classical um, philosophy of dance, you know, they would come in and actually look at different, different ways of actually approaching a step or approaching a variation. Um, I think it's, it is about opening, opening the school up to all sorts of different um, genres that do come in, because that's what happens when you're in a company. You find, like exactly what you said, you find a choreographer in front of you. You've never, if you've never tried that, you have to somehow be able physically to allow yourself to go into that place, to let go, because by letting go, and this is one thing I, I, I sort of talk to my students about, is by letting, letting yourself go into a different style of dancing or a different way of approaching something, it doesn't take anything away from you. In fact, it adds to you. It, it, it just adds to the way you, you dance, the way you express yourself. And, and this prestigious school is renowned, obviously, internationally, and you have students who are you know, auditioning from around the world, firing for those limited number of positions. You know, get hundreds of applicants every year wanting to come and have this versatile and, and deep training. What do you look for for those dancers who are you know, joining around the age of 16 to, you know, up to 19, what do you look for in a dancer to join, so one who you know can take on those challenges? I, when, when we auditioned, I mean, this, this time it was a strange audition. We did it. We did it on Zoom. Uh, we only took one audition in the studio and then there was a lockdown. So most of the dancers that were taken in was via Zoom in the sense of, you know, sending them videos and photographs of them. So we didn't do a live class on Zoom. It was completely impossible to do. Uh, we have a wonderful, wonderful first year. Um, very lucky. Um, and well done to all of them, actually. But um, what I look for, I like, so when somebody's taking a class, I'm watching class, I like to see exactly what, what I was saying before. I like to see a dancer who's open and is able to engage and command the the class, you know, be, you know, having skills like, for instance, you know, being aware of others around them. I'm, I don't look for a lot of pirouettes or a lot of like very high jumps. <laughs> I, I like 
a certain uh, physical ability to adapt yourself into whatever the situation is. That's um, quite a, it's quite interesting because, of course, you know, on social media, what becomes so important are those multiple pirouettes and those super high legs. Um, and yet you're looking for something quite different, which is interesting for younger dancers these days. Absolutely. And I just I wonder sort of how um, maybe some dancers respond, you know, sort of growing up nowadays with, you know, social media. And uh, I wonder how those young dancers can can use social media for the benefit rather than sort of, you know, only seeing this one particular or, you know, view of what a dancer should be like or could be, you know. So I'm just interested in how maybe the, the sort of conversations that you have about social media with your, your dancers. I think it's about using the social media and thank God for social media actually during the lockdown, otherwise we would be in silence completely, you know. I don't know, isolated from the rest of the world and all of us. So thank God for social media. It is all about balance. Like we all know in life, it's all about equilibrium. It's about how to use it and what to take away from it when you do use it. Uh, so I, I'm all for it, uh, but it's, it's how you find that balance. So I really talked to them about this and how to make something kind of useful and and positive yet again and yeah. take away the negative side of it. So what does a typical day look like for the students at the English National Ballet School? Well at the moment I, we've put everybody into bubbles. <laughs> they walk around in their bubbles. It's, it's quite a great, it's quite, it, it's fun like I said before in this terrible pandemic that's going on but at the same time you know, we have to make it positive. Uh, for the students. So we've made bubbles of students. We've, um, we've hired um, studios at the Chelsea Theatre in um, World's End. So they're just like five minutes walk down the road. So we've made bubbles that they start, um, some of them, some bubbles start the day there. So they do their Pilates and they, uh, there's body conditioning classes there. And then they come to the Hortensia Road and that's where they do their class, uh, half an hour warming up all together. And then they stay in the studio, they do their class and then they do that 15 minutes break, they do their variations, uh, contemporary, uh, whichever, we, you know, loads of stuff we put on the schedule. So they basically work in the three hours as so they do their Pilates, everything, then they come to so they do three solid hours with 15 minutes break. And then off they go, the whole place gets disinfected and the next bubble comes in. So the only thing, we're doing exactly the curriculum where we've offered. Um, the only thing we're not doing at the moment is pas de work because we, obviously because of distancing, we've, we've, um, we've um, marked all the studios um, so that they have to meet the diff, diff, uh, distance all the students. So. Uh, they wear masks. Um, so it's like, it's like I was saying to them in the assembly of the day, it's quite a different place, but at the same time, what we do, what we believe in is exactly the same. And I've asked everybody to be very optimistic and take this with patience as well, because we're all navigating through this. Nobody knows the answer. Uh, so we're all you know, trying our best to adapt. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they're doing brilliantly. They really are. They've taken it 
um, on board and they're being very, very careful. And it, really, I'm, I'm very, very touched. They, they, they are responding brilliantly to everything we've put um, you know, forward, we've organized for them. And I think they'll thrive. I think they'll thrive. I think they'll be, it'll be a very focused, focused year for everybody. And, um, and I think they will learn and become better artists. Yes, well, experience and life experience um, really helps, I believe, to deepen artists, I think. Yeah. Um, bit of life, life experience, and like you say, we're all going through this. It's all new. Everyone's in the same boat. All schools, all students, not Absolutely. just vocational dancers, but academic students as well. So I think you know, those concerns must be obviously for, for the dancers about being, you know, set back in in some way due to you know yeah. the impact on you know the amount of time you have face to face with your coaches or you know so. But everyone's going through it, so I guess everyone will be slightly, um, I, I guess, set back and potentially it might not be the right word, but like you say, I guess for the younger students, they've got a little bit more time to catch up. But what about those that they sort of coming towards graduation and thinking about, you know, trying to find their first job with the company and going through auditions like you're talking about, having to do them on Zoom? Um, what does what does their sort of immediate futures look like and feel like to them when they see companies around the world, sadly, due to funding issues, having to follow their staff or make dancers redundant? Um, how do they feel about the future? Not great. I mean, the sooner we we get a vaccine or some medication out there, and then we can all feel slightly free and and company and theatres open up properly, I think we'd all feel obviously better about it. It's what it is. It's what it is. We have to, we have to uh, remain strong. We have, to, we have to get ready for the opportunity because we don't know when it's going to arrive. Um, and we have to be optimistic and we have to keep training. I mean, if we don't train properly our students, we're not going to have enough dancers in companies when it all opens up. So it is absolutely important. It's completely essential. I mean, the, the, the schools, you know, the ballet schools or any schools, you know, around the world. I mean, it, it, is, a, it, it is probably the most important thing to look after. You know, the, the, the young kids that don't find themselves in a, or, you know, in a situation where they are, they are going to have, they really won't know what to do. So therefore we have to hurry up and, you know, hopefully <laughs> it'll be fine soon. But I think... I think it's just the, the, the focus. We have to keep their focus. It's about keeping focus, I think, and not allowing anyone to um, divert or let go of something, which, is, um, which would be a shame. Yeah, and perhaps um, I, I've, when speaking with uh, lots of professional uh, dancers, they talk about the leap that they have to make from their ballet school or their dance school into professional companies, and often that transition comes with um, being an independent almost um, although you're in a company you are solely responsible for your own um, training really you know aside from your company class and and your um, all of the other schedules but you become more responsible and perhaps this is a, a maybe forcing that transition um, a, a little earlier maybe so they, they're used to sort of being more isolated or out of their ballet school in some way. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I, I talk, we talked a lot uh, 
to our students about resilience. You know, dancers are very resilient. We don't actually realize how, how we are and what, what an example we are to a lot of different genres out there. And um, it's just about reminding yourself that you are, actually do have that inner strength, um, which is from when you're little, uh, when you start, when you first start ballet, it is that kind of focus you need to have and that resilience that comes with it, with a job. It's just about reminding people that, that it is there. And so therefore, I mean, we, we have also, I've brought in uh, the trainee program, which is um, just to help exactly, just keep uh, the dance, some dancers obviously who are not, who have not made the leap to go into a company, they found themselves in lockdown to join this year the, with their trainee program, we've, we've put all sorts of things together, we've got lovely guests coming in and we have, uh, we're in partnership with DCD, uh, with lots of talks and, you know, um, workshops in order to actually keep their focus and keep their training up for when that opportunity opens up again. Yes, and um, this may not be the only setback that they have in their career as they, you know, go That's through right. the next 10 or 20 years as a professional dancer. There could be injuries or they may want to take time off to become parents or the jobs might not be, you know, back to back. So I guess this is their first setback in a career that may have other right. sort of milestones, I guess. Yes, and also it's about teaching uh, the students that, you know, you, a path towards your dream is not necessarily straightforward. It does, die, it does go left and sometimes it goes right, then it comes back on and then you have to, you know, go the other way quickly. But you... You, if really that's what drives you, you do get there at the same time. It might not look the same as what you thought it was, but it might feel actually better than what you know than what you expected, and it usually does anyway. So it's about I just I'm I'm very very focused about not letting them just completely veer off focus, veer off you know that I, I like to channel them. I want them to keep going because we are going to get through this. And we're going to be stronger people because of it. But and we must not let go. Absolutely. And as you, you know, your career has been over two decades long. There are many ballerinas who, male and female, who are having much longer careers these days. And so they've got a long, a long journey ahead of them. Um, which sort of brings me around to your own journey because I feel I'd be completely remiss if I didn't spend a few minutes at the very least talking about your own incredible career. Now, as I mentioned before, you have danced not only with the Royal Ballet and ABT, um, but you have danced all around the world, all the classical roles. I would just, I know it's a lot to, um, to talk about in such a, a short amount of time, but you're now, you now run your own company, which I have to say, I love that it's got your name on it. So great to see a, a female name above the, the <laughs> <laughs> um, female artistic director of a ballet school. Fantastic, loving it. Um, but when you look back over these last couple of decades, what what stands out the most in in your mind? What are some of the the special moments that really have stayed with you? I know that's a tough question. It's a very tough question. I have. I mean, I have many, you know, a career, it is, it's been my life all the time. I mean, it's, it's been my absolute life since I was six years old. So, wow, I wouldn't really know how to answer that. I can only say that I've had some amazing experience and I've met some 
amazing artists along the way. And I, I just love learning. I'm a very curious person and I, I like to open up to opportunities and to, to the arts in general. And I've had, I, yes, I, I mean, obviously the Royal Ballet has been my greatest adventure, but I, I then, you know, it, I have experienced different cultures, different theatres, like I said, you know, dancing different roles. Um, I mean, what can I say? I, I, I'm very thankful for what, you know, my career has been and I always will be. I, it's, it is my, one of my greatest passion, obviously, is, is, is dance in life. I, I'll say one of my greatest because it is also my family, my, my little boy and, and my husband. <laughs> so um, I, I, I can only say thank you that um, everybody has, who have celebrated me, who have given me the opportunity to actually experience what I loved most since I was six. Well, you've had many an audience uh, member, past, present, and no doubt future, who will continue to absolutely adore you. Um, my final question, and one which some of the fans on um, Instagram and Facebook wanted to ask, wanted me to ask you, um, which is actually turns out one of my favourite questions anyway, is what advice would you give to the next generation of ballet stars if you could pass one thing on? What would it be? Never give up. Never give up. And never Great give up. Words. <laughs> How hard though. <laughs> to never give up. Such simple never words. Give up. So profound. Never give, never give up. Dreaming, it's the most dreams are the most amazing things that a human being can can experience, can have. So you never give those up for anything. Well, thank you so much, Viviana. That's yeah. been absolutely wonderful advice. And thank you so much for taking the time and sharing. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. Um, and for listeners uh, around the world, if you want to find out more about the English National Ballet School, of course, check them out on Instagram at ENB School, website enbschool.org.uk. And also check out Viviana's. Um, company and her website, which is viviana-dorante.com. Thank you so much. See you later. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.